Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising and for local entrepreneurs looking to learn more about the franchising industry. Mm-hmm. Our guest today is Carrie Gilly with mm-hmm. Franchise Fastlane. Yes. Thanks for joining us today, I'm Carrie. I'm thrilled to be here, Blake. Thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you bet. Mm-hmm. Franchise Fastlane fills a, a unique but a really important niche mm-hmm. in the industry. And that's where I kind of want to start our conversation. Mm-hmm. Understanding first, you are president and co-founder yes. of the organization. So can you tell me a little bit about your background mm-hmm. and what led up to the founding of Franchise Fastlane? For sure, before we even get into what Fastlane was. Yes, thinking about my back- background, it I always wanted Blake to be an entrepreneur. I never had any desire to go into corporate America. It was ingrained in me from a young age. I wanted to own my own company, um, you know, control my own day. And so when I graduated, it was the tech boom. It was the the day of the dot-com, right? And so I partnered with a couple people, and we started three different technology companies. And one of them started picking up some momentum. It was interesting. I grew up in Lincoln, um, went to school at Liberty University, also University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And there was an accountant there that had a book that valued items that we give to charity, the garbage bags we drop off at Goodwill and Salvation Army. And the whole premise was, if you would accurately value these items, you could take a much larger tax deduction. People are afraid to do it because they don't have their supplemental data. And so we licensed the rights to produce the software for this book. And we had no marketing budget. I mean, it was the <laughs> typical startup. We had no marketing budget. And, you know, just I was, new shoes oh, and good rubber oh, soles. Right, right. <laughs> and, he, and so what I did is I wrote a press release and we started sending it around to local media. And I started traveling as a spokesperson for that company and talking about the tax advantage. And really, it's a win win because if you would be more generous, you're helping those less fortunate, but you're also helping yourself with a tax break. And it started picking up. And so, probably because I was too young, too naive, to to be intimidated. <laughs> I sent that press release to the Wall Street Journal and just one of those bizarre stories without calling us, without telling us, they ran it. They ran it on no the front page. Right above the fold. I don't know if we've ever even talked about this. I've never <laughs> knew that. This is why we do the podcast. <laughs> this is why we do these. I was maybe 23. I had been filing my own taxes independent of my parents a couple years, and all of a sudden, I am a tax expert, quoted on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And so I end up living part-time almost in New York, and the next two years are CNN Headline News, MSNBC, CNN FM, U.S. News and World Report, and that was the whole story was if you accurately valued your items, you could save more in tax deductions, and you could your tax deduction could be higher. And pretty soon, H&R Block called and said, we'd like to tie this into tax cut. That was you know exposure to millions of tax filers, mm-hmm. exciting for us. And tax cut and TurboTax are fiercely competitive still to this day. (laughs) And so Intuit called and said, no, we're just going to buy you. So at 25, part of selling my very first company. And it turned into career whiplash for me because I went from startup to a Mm. Fortune 500 company and committed to staying at Intuit for a number of years. And 
I'm so glad I did. I learned some of the disciplines that make me the professional I am today, net promoter, voice to the customer, so many of those things. Learned from the master, Scott Cook, just just an absolute icon. Um, and so it was good, but I also couldn't wait to get back into an entrepreneurial role. I started I a company on the side called Sojourn. We monetize travel data, still alive and well, offices all over the world today. But I heard of this individual back in Omaha, Nebraska called Ryan Zink, named Ryan Zink. And actually, my husband was working for him as the COO, and they were looking for somebody to lead development. And I didn't know franchising, but I loved fitness. It was a fitness model. Uh-huh. And I loved development. And I remember saying to Ryan, I don't know franchising, but I sure know these other two areas. And he said, oh, you'll learn. And I started leading development for him. We set a goal of 20 locations. It exploded. We sold 240 locations over the next 20 months. Chris and I, my husband, we bought three of our own. I bought two into a couple Snap Fitness gyms, fell in love with franchising. And, you know, to this day, my favorite definition in all of Webster's, Webster's Dictionary is the definition for vision, mm-hmm. which is a clear and compelling picture of a preferable future. And for me, you know, people think of corporate America as that clear and compelling picture. I know what I'm going to do every day. I'm going to get 10 days of vacation, my 3% raise. It's maybe not a right. preferable picture of a preferable future, but it's clear and compelling. And then over here, you have that preferable future that just seems out of the reach of so many. And only those that are risk averse and want to go start up go that way. But when I found franchising, it was, this is this married with this. This is both. There is the clear and compelling Mm -hmm. picture. There is a proven path of performance ahead of you, but there's also the ability to be a business owner. Fell in love with franchising and um, I continue to love the space. And so Ryan went on and sold that company to uh, Dominus Capital. He had a great exit. And Uh so we took some time off and I started thinking about how do I want to get back into franchising? That was the role in which I just felt I thrived. And so I called him as a mentor and I wanted to brainstorm an opportunity for a development company. And I will never forget, we were sitting, you know, they're having coffee and he starts chuckling. And I thought, boy, I thought this was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he said, no, I'm laughing because I'm working on the same thing. Let's partner. Wow. So we started that Talk in January partners of meant to be together. Yep. yep. <laughs> so that was the beginning of Fastlane. January 2017. Five years ago. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on your five-year anniversary, Thank by you. the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It went That's by a so big fast. anniversary. It's a big anniversary. Went by really fast. Mm-hmm. So you brought us right into yep. the founding of Franchise Fastlane. Mm-hmm. And before I forget, one thing that I noted in there is you have successful skill sets in both tech and sales. Mm-hmm. I don't know how your brain possibly works and does that, but that's a pretty <laughs> rare, unique combination. I know you take that into Franchise Fastlane, mm-hmm. so I'm going to set we you did. up there. But tell me, what does Franchise mm-hmm. Fastlane do? Franchise Fastlane is what's called, what the industry calls an FSO, a franchise sales organization. We take brands that have incredible business models, mm-hmm. um, but they cannot figure out growth. And this is a common, common dilemma in the industry. Yeah. I talk to brands all the time. I am talking to 10 different brands this week alone. And when I ask a brand founder, what do you do? What's your company? Mm-hmm. It's like if you ask me about Fastlane, you can probably walk away from the phone and I'm going to ramble on and on and on, <laughs> just like I would any of my three sons, right? I am so passionate about what we do. And it's the same thing. They know their hair, haircuts, their food, their fitness, their house painting, whatever it is they do, they know it very well. But if you take that a little further and you say, but how will you usher in growth? How will you find the right franchisee to grow your brand and to carry the flag of what you've built into markets all across the country? Mm-hmm. 
it's crickets. I mean, that's when, hello? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) They don't know. They don't understand how to find leads, how to educate those potential prospects as to the opportunity at hand, how to make sure they find one that's a good fit for their model. They don't even know where to get started. So that's what we do. We usher in growth for franchise brands. Our mission is to drive extraordinary growth for the chosen few. And by chosen few, extraordinary growth, extraordinary for, the growth for the chosen few. And we worked very carf- carefully on every word there. And I can tell. Yes. And chosen few, we chose that, Blake, because of course that means our brands. That's what I was just talking to you about. But it also means partners like you. I want to drive extraordinary growth for you. Uh-huh. It also means people in the fast lane, right? It also means franchisees and then, of course, franchisors. So drive extraordinary growth for the chosen few. That's what Fastlane does. I like it. I can tell you are very uh, mm-hmm. judicious in your we did. choice of words there. We did. Uh, we have a strategy session at the close of every year. We pull in all of our incredible VPs and leadership team and really establish there was one year we worked on our DNA. What are our core values? What are our mission? What are our, our vision? And you go back to those, right? You go back right. to those on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to embarrass you a little bit here, but uh, <laughs> Franchise Fastlane, to the credit of the co-founders and the team you've built, has certainly become recognized as an industry leader Thank you. of, of all Thank the FSOs, you. of all the franchise sales organizations. Being a leader obviously means, based upon what you just said to me, teaming up with the right brands. Mm-hmm. In yep. addition to somebody that's looking for a way to usher in growth, as you said, yep. what else are you looking for in a brand? In a brand. In order to determine... They oh, have what it question. takes yep. to become uh, to become a, a leader within their niche, right? Yes. A leader within their category. It's so true. And and I get asked that one a lot. And, and like, it's so key. It's one of our differentiators. We only usher in what we call, in quotes, next big thing brands. We have to see that potential. We like to say to people, imagine if you could have been one of the first franchisees for Jimmy John's, um, for Massage Envy, for the Orange Theory. Those are the brands we're out there finding and recognizing and bringing into the fast lane. And in 2021, I talked to 191 brands to onboard eight to onboard eight. So as a hundred and how many? Ninety one. Hundred and ninety one yep. to usher in eight. 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 I don't know, Cam, you got the math on that? <laughs> it's a small percentage. It's a small percentage. Okay. And so and that's what we're seeing is it's only about five percent of brands that I talk to that yeah. that appear to be a potential fit in the fast lane. And so we do have clear criteria. Um, we established what we see as necessity versus nicety. And when somebody asks me, you know, Carrie, if you were going to invest in a brand yourself, what would you look for? Yeah. The beautiful thing about franchising is there's a manual, right? That's franchise disclosure document. Yep. And I read probably nine of these a week. And it is Oh, boy. One and you stay awake? <laughs> and I stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> I read three yesterday. What is in that brain? <laughs> I read three yesterday. And at this point, I'm really enthralled by it. But, you know, item two. Who's your leadership? Item three, has there been any litigation? Mm -hmm. What is the story behind that litigation? Item five, item six, what are the fees? Make sure you understand those fees and and the limits and the ranges. Item seven, what is the investment range? Um, Item 12, how do they define territories? Item 19, what are the earnings claims? How are Mm -hmm. franchisees um, earning money today? What what is their EBITDA? What are their nets? What do their uh, top line revenues look like? Item 20, are they opening locations or closing locations? You should be aware of that. 
all of that gives us that criteria to look for those brands that have a reasonable item seven, a strong item 19, leadership that's built infrastructure, call center, training, marketing programs, all of those things to really support a franchisee. And then beyond the Fed, beyond the FDD, you can get on the phone, as you know, because they're all the franchisees that went ahead of you. So you should validate. You should get on the line with somebody who's already a day in the life and yeah. ask them, what did you do wrong? What would you do different if you could start again? Yeah. Is three would you do it over right? again? Right. Would you do it again? That's the best question, actually. Yeah. So there are so many um, great opportunities in franchising. It's not like a startup. It's a proven model. You plug and play into a model that's already proven. You can read about the model per the FDD, and then you can talk to franchisees to validate the model. And so if I'm understanding correctly, you answered a second question while answering that one. Mm -hmm. If you were looking for mm -hmm. a franchise business today, you'd be looking for those same things that I you would. just talked about. I absolutely would. And we've franchised, as I mentioned, multiple times over. My husband and I were looking at a couple models right now. That's exactly when I am in the fast lane seat. And that's one of the things that is my role um, as the president of the company is I find our next brands. We are going to invest in those brands extensively. Yeah. We're going to tie our brand to their brand. We're going to build all their marketing materials, the full discovery process. So I see it much the same as if Chris and I were going to personally invest into a franchise system. And my criteria would be much the same. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then what you're doing, you're, you're bolting yourselves onto these franchise mm -hmm. organizations, that the, those chosen eight of 191. Right. <laughs> and becoming a part of their development team and, and navigating yes. candidates through the due diligence process mm -hmm. to determine if they're the right fit exactly right. That's exactly what we're doing. So when we onboard a brand, we spend a minimum of eight weeks. And by then, at that point, I've already spent a couple months vetting the brand. Okay. Um, right. I was in conversations. I re worked with them on their FDD to make sure that the fees were reasonable for the franchisee, to make sure the item seven range is within, you know, the right range, to look at the item 19, to make sure it's an honest, um, transparent report of franchisee earnings, all of those things. So I've already been looking at the brand for many months. Then when I hand it over to our operations team that begins onboarding, they're going to pull in marketing, videographer, legal, mm -hmm. ops to build all the materials. We have a six to a seven week discovery process that prospects plug into that really walks them through the high level down to really the details of being an owner within that system. We even allow for the validation and leadership calls every week so that prospects okay. aren't just talking to my team. They're talking to the brand, directly to the brand. And then that all wraps up with what we call a confirmation day at the end of that experience. Mm -hmm. So after they've experienced a series of calls, then they actually fly out to the brand. They see it in person. They meet the founder, shake their hand. Um, you know, if we're blowing insulation, they go on site and they see how it works. If it's a fitness brand, they do the workout. If it's a beauty brand, they get to have, you know, get to experience that. And that's all part of that final decision. But we design that full process, all the marketing materials and everything that goes with that as part of onboarding. Mm -hmm. Kind of a one-stop shop for building an, for in, franchise an intact mm -hmm. franchise development. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Yes. Going back a little bit to one of the things that you were saying there, um, you were talking about um, some of the process steps. Mm -hmm. It occurred to me that, first of all, if I'm understanding correctly, you don't limit yourself by industry category of a no. franchise. Mm -mm. So you work with a whole variety of different brands and categories. I do. Um, and that's actually a trend I've seen in the industry. I'm sure you have as well. Um, as of late, it used to be when you thought of franchising, what did you think of? Right. Food. 
Fitness, maybe. Mm-hmm. Coffee houses. Yes. Yeah. Maybe Massage Envy, some of the early beauty right. models. But yeah. McDonald's, right? Yeah, retail stuff. Orange Theory. Brick and mortar. That's what you thought of. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I've seen in recent years is, especially our consultant partners, they have become so in tune with how to evangelize a different model that maybe a franchise investor wouldn't have thought of initially, but certainly attractive because the components of the model, right. you know, they're home-based. Who would think I'm going to paint houses or I'm going to clean gutters, <laughs> right? Or, I mean, I have a brand I'm getting ready to onboard right now and we're working on the item 19. It's one of the most impressive level of earnings I have ever seen in my 20 years of franchising. And you know what they do? They build fences. That's what they do. They build fences. So if you can super show- exciting stuff. <laughs> super you know, exciting. I woke up yesterday thinking I got to get a fence building build business. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if that model allows somebody to work from home, not sign a ten-year lease, right? Mm-hmm. They can work from home. They can hire a few people and provide a job. They can buy a rig, buy three territories, start working all of those three territories at the same time, mm-hmm. have manageable cost, immediate returns see a return on investment um, on their franchise fee and their initial investment within the first year. It's really pretty astounding what these new service models, both B2B and B2C, are now bringing to franchising. Um, And I'm seeing that as a new trend in the industry. I think it's pretty exciting. Not that I don't still love the fitness sector. I absolutely do. It's where I started my day this morning. Um, You're a customer of it. (laughs) Yeah, I think franchising will always have beauty and fitness and food, and Mm -hmm. and that's that's excellent, but it's, yeah. it's exciting to see us now have these models that maybe bring in a different investor. Um, yeah. I don't think you have to be, have quite the net worth and liquidity used to, you used to be required when you were building out a restaurant or a right. 6,000 square foot gym. You kind of started answering my next question. Okay. Thank you very <laughs> I much. I got ahead of you. Making, no, making this really easy. I mean. <laughs> Taking a step back, talking about the big picture, mm-hmm. it, clearly you have a pulse on the industry on a national, if not international mm-hmm. level, right? It, We're watching what you closely. do every day mm-hmm. is looking at the trends and looking at what's emerging and why mm-hmm. and, and what's sustaining. Mm-hmm. What are the trends that you're seeing in the franchise mm-hmm. industry today? Mm-hmm. You're right in that this, this is a big one, what I'm seeing here. Now, when it comes to lead gen, Still, the number one lead gen, if you read Fran Connect's annual report or look at the IFA reports that are coming out, the number one lead gen sources are still portals and organic marketing. Now, you know, franchise fastlane leads into the consultant networks. Um, the average closing rate on a portal or an organic lead is half of 1%. Right. So a lead that comes from the internet, for example. Right. Yeah. Whereas when I'm working with a consultant partner truly invested in their client's future, and they have been, they have already vetted, does that client, is they, am they a, are they a match for this brand? Do they have mm-hmm. the financial strength for this brand? I'm able to see closing rates between 10 and 15% for my brands because those aren't warm leads, Blake. You know this. These are, these are hot leads ready to move forward on a brand. So I still see the trend is more on the organic side, but at Fastlane, we have leaned in more heavily on the consultant lead side. Um, I, and I do see this shift, like I said, in brands. I don't think mm-hmm. it's just QSR anymore. I don't think it's just fitness anymore. I think we're starting to see um, more of these other sectors. And then I, I think what COVID did, uh, you know, I think when COVID came in, what we saw, um, I'm never going to forget it. I'm sure you won't. <laughs> I don't think anybody will. March 2020 and COVID hits and my entire team travels. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we start thinking about what does life look like in, in light of COVID and, and right. no travel and what are discovery days and 
how, how does yeah. this work? Um, and so I remember, you know, meeting with our team and thinking, what is the minimum performance? What KPIs need to come into play here so that I can keep my team intact? Because you feel very responsible for 30 plus people on payroll. And what we were able to do is we stayed loyal to our fitness brands, loyal to our brick and mortar concepts. They're still okay. in my inventory. You're still going to find Exercise Coach and Spanga in mm-hmm. my inventory. And the exciting thing is they're going to have a great 2022. But we also were able to pivot to your point and focus a little more on these essential service um, business sectors okay. um, that were, like I said, B2B and B2C home service sectors. And we saw a real explosion in those categories. And 2020 was our best year. That's not at all what I would have predicted, but it was our best year. Uh, were there challenges? There were challenges. You saw it. Um, you know, SBA funding has always been somewhat of a challenge, but with PPP and all of the different programs that were put into place to help people right. in the midst of COVID and help companies and small business in the midst of COVID, that line to the SBA got much longer. So right. we had to be a creative around deposit programs and really meet the franchisee where they were at in the midst of that. Um, but we really saw COVID for us became an opportunity to give people hope when they needed it. Um, people who had always dreamt of owning their own business. Mm-hmm. You've heard the quote, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. That's where people were at. They were right at the edge of their comfort mm-hmm. zone. And today they're business owners in one of these models that maybe they never would have thought of, you know, cleaning gutters <laughs> or painting houses or smashing garbage, as you know. Right. And they're business owners and they love it. So for us, COVID gave us an opportunity to meet people in their time of need. And we had a great 2021 and then a better 20, a great 2020 and even a better 2021. But now I'm seeing um, fitness come back and I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm really excited to see those sectors reemerge. Um, I think franchising was a solution for people in COVID and now it will just continue to grow because these other sectors, you can see Peloton stock is down, right? And people want to be back in their boutique fitness and they want to be shoulder to shoulder to people and working out together again. It's part of a return to normal. (laughs) A return to normal. It's coming. Yes. So you are obviously educating yourself and trying to practice what you preach, educating, Mm -hmm. learning everything you can on the industry so that you can Mm -hmm. impart that to your team and to the businesses that become your partners. What are you reading or listening Mm. to right now? Mm -hmm. I mean, in addition to the Heartland Franchise Guy (laughs) podcast, of course. course. Of course. After you finish the latest episode of this. In addition to this. (laughs) In addition. Um, you know, I love Jim Collins' Good to Great. I probably read that one every year. Do that you really? whole flywheel and what we do for brands, it so closely aligns um, to what we do in the fast lane. So I love that one. For years, when we had a new employee, I would write a note in the front of the book, The Energy Bus, which is all about fueling your teams and your, and, you know, your work life and your personal life, actually, The Energy mm-hmm. Bus. But just recently, our CEO brought us another book, and it's called Building a Story Brand, Building a Story Brand by, by Donald Miller. And I am... Writing that one down. In, oh, you should. I am inhaling it. I am really enjoying this one. And the whole premise of this book, Blake, is about... <laughs> it's really about how marketers and business owners are failing to market effectively to customers, that in the midst of all the noise and all the distractions, we're missing the point that the hero of our story should not be us. It should not be our brand. It should not be whatever happened in our business that year. The hero of our story should be the customer. And it's, you know, it's a seven-part series on how to make the customer the hero of the story. It's, it's really good. Building a story brand 
um, I do highly recommend you should write it down. Well, <laughs> it's a good. You one. just hooked me. I hope you get royalty. <laughs> Donald on Miller. This. <laughs> I don't think so. I need to look into that. <laughs> I've got one last question uh-huh. for you, Carrie. What are you proud of? Mm. What am I proud of? Um, first of all, just my people. When people ask, "What did Fastlane do right?" <laughs> like the first thing we did right were the right people. Um, you know, it used to be that FSOs were just a few people with big reputations on the phone mm-hmm. and we came in and we did it very different and we invested back in the company. And now we have this infrastructure in which there's a whole department for marketing videographer. It's not one person doing all of this. There's a whole department for sales and it's allowed us to bring in people either that had franchise dev experience or, or had a different level of experience and plug them into the fast lane and what they do every day it's not a job. It's, it's helping people break from the nine to five grind. It's allowing people to spend more time with their families as a business owner. It's something they can love doing. And we all know we're better at our jobs when we love doing it. So I'm so proud of the people in the fast lane. And I think that's the the number one thing we've done right. Um, Beyond that are other differentiators just in, you know, in bringing in next big thing brands and being able to really Mm -hmm. be astute about that. Um, I think that's a big one as well. We dedicate a director per brand. So everybody's not selling everybody, everything. One person is very passionate about the brand they're on. So that's different. So I think all of these differentiators and all of these people have probably led me to where I am today, which is the most fulfilling position I've ever been in in my career. Where When wow. I lay my head on my pillow at night, I think, what do I do? I usher in life change. I inspire business ownership. And that's one of our core values is, you know, inspiring life change. And we have five core values, have each other's back, be gritty, be hungry, bring it, no surprises, those sorts of things. But inspire life change is my favorite yeah. one. That's my job is to inspire life change. And so that's probably what makes me the most proud are the people we've impacted and whatever, what I do every day, um, in inspiring life change. Well, there's never been a better exclamation point to a podcast than that comment there. Oh, good. Thank you. Carrie, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy international travel schedule (laughs) to be with us today. It's so good. Really appreciate it. Good to be home. Thank you, Blake. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. Huda Media Production.